What's up, team? Welcome to the Live Well Podcast. It's your host, Brie Goodfellow. And in today's episode, I have a very special guest with me. They're all special. This one's especially special, okay? Uh, I have Coach Elizabeth Tillman with me today. And we're just diving in to who she is. She's one of our new coaches over at Woodstock. Um, she actually took my classes over when I was coaching at Woodstock. And she scooted right in. And now I was just taking her. I was at Woodstock. And she had a packed class this morning. Elizabeth, you have quite the following already. Yeah, actually, I was really surprised today. We had a great amount of members coming in from my 515 all the way to my 745. I would love to take the credit for it, but I really think the baseline challenge and the excitement of the Shamrock Showdown is it's still trickling through everybody. So it was a good time. But that was the largest class I had. I had almost 20 members today. And it's a lot of people. So it was interesting. Snap, dude. Well, I'll tell you what. I do think it is for you. It's not just any of those other things. And also, too, <laughs> y'all, the reason why Elizabeth is super special and I'm just so excited to talk to her today is because not only is she a coach, which she's been on the podcast before. If you listen to our little food scientist podcast a few, quite a few episodes ago now with her and Lauren, that was super fun. But also... <laughs> Elizabeth has been a member at Strongside for how many years now? I'm really bad at math, but I've been coming to Strongside since 2018. So right around four, maybe five years. Yeah, four to five, which is awesome. So you've seen Strongside grow, especially. I mean, like I didn't show up until 2020. So I remember when Mitchell used to coach all the classes. (laughs) (laughs) It was just Team Mitchell. <laughs> yep, pretty much. And then we got Carrie trickled in there, and, and it was nice to know that Mitchell slept once in a while. So, yeah, it was fun. Lots of changes. It's It's been really – it's been awesome. Um, definitely, like, where we're at, though, I'm not going to lie. I am jealous. Um, I'm hoping one day we get locker rooms in, in Woodstock. I'm just, I'm just going to keep praying for that. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll do, we don't need the broom closet. We'll just – you know, yeah, no, we don't need to no keep problem. a Zamboni in there or <laughs> any of our cleaning stuff. We just need lockers. <laughs> yeah, this is a place to shower. It'll be fine. But yeah, no, tons of changes um, since I first started all for the better. Um, and yeah, it's just been somewhere that I have really loved. And, you know, I did Globo Gyms for a long time. It's actually funny. Me and uh, Warren Bacalucci, who I did the previous podcast with, uh, we used to go to this place called the UFIT. Uh, it was 10 bucks a month. Nobody cared that we were there. Uh, it was right next to our work. And her and I were just bored of doing Monday chest day, Tuesday legs, Wednesday cardio, and then again, over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I was like, hey, let's try something new. And I was like, hey, we should look at like CrossFit or, you know, functional fitness uh, or something like that. And she was like, CrossFit is for crazy people. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. And then three months later, she's like, hey, I found this guy Mitchell on the internet for strong side. She's like, do you want to go with me? And I was like, yep. And the rest is history. So thank you, Lauren Bakalushi, for finding Mitchell, finding strong side on Google. Yes. Woo! I feel like that's how a lot of these new members start. I found this guy named Mitchell on the internet. Just <laughs> talking something about seven day pass. Yes. Well, yeah, when I started back in the day, Mitchell had a Groupon, and it was mm. awesome. You got a month's membership for this Groupon price, which was a steal. Um, and Mitchell, he would come up to you at the end, and he's like, your Groupon's about to run out. You want to sign up? And we were all just like, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds good. Where okay. do we sign the dotted line? <laughs> <laughs> and now here you are coaching at the place. Yeah, I blame Carrie Fox for that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put that out there. So Well, I know the story of how that happened, and if anything, I wanna take credit for it because I told Carrie I didn't need her as a judge. And she was like, Well, what am I supposed <laughs> to do? And then all of a sudden she runs into you in the lobby getting coffee and there it begins. Yeah, it was. It was really interesting. So um I have a lot of respect for Carrie. Um she's incredibly talented. Um very, very proficient in teaching. Um, so, and I just love working out next to her. But yeah, I was talking to her. I was actually at the uh, Spooktacular last year. Um, and, you know, she was just asking me how things were going. We were grabbing a cup of coffee. 
Um, and then we were still looking for coaches and stuff. And, you know, I just randomly mentioned, I'm like, you know, that looks like it would be really rewarding and fun. You know, my other job, you know, I manage a, a group of people and um, I really love that because I like watching people develop and grow and working with people and, you know, sometimes bringing people out of their shell and, and reaching their full potential. Um, and so I was just talking to Carrie about that because, you know, she was a teacher in a previous life, which is why I think mm -hmm. she was a really and still is a really good coach. Um, and so we just got into talking about it. And the next thing you know, she's like, all right. She's like, I got you to sit down with Mitchell and we're going to figure this thing out. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's, let's see what we can do. So yeah. it was a good time. Was that even on your radar be to become a coach? Cause what talk, tell everyone what you like you were doing before and still doing. And then how you <laughs> transitioned to this, into this. It was actually just a conversation on a whim. So, I, I do have a full-time job, uh, Monday through Friday, sometimes weekends. So I'm a quality assurance manager for a food manufacturer in Kennesaw. Um, we make very healthy food. Just kidding. We make cheesecakes. <laughs> There's nothing healthy about them. Full <laughs> indulgence. Um, and I do that. I've been at that company. It's called Atlanta Cheesecake Company. I've been there for eight years now. Um, I run a staff that runs 24 hours a day, a facility that runs, you know, five days a week. Um, that's how I met Lauren Bacalucci. She was the resident food science, food scientist there. Um, so I do that Monday through Friday. And then I also am going back to school um, to get a degree in biochemistry because my job wasn't that fulfilling and I needed something else to you know, have another outlet so I could learn more stuff, you know, maybe go into a different field. And then I just randomly started talking to Carrie and we started talking about coaching. And I was like, I'll make that work. You know, if, if I'm successful and I, you know, I make it through the internship, like I'll figure out how to do this. I don't know when or how, but I'll make it work. And we did. It was, it was a, it was a struggle in the beginning. Um, but it's funny, my, my husband, Lee, who's a member, um, he said, I don't know when you're going to sleep. He goes, you work all day at your current job. He's like, you go to school Monday through Friday for your night, you know, for night school. And now you're going to get up in the mornings and you're going to coach a couple days a week. He goes, I don't know how you're going to make this work. He goes, but if anyone can do it, he was like, you can, and I fully support you. So that kind of gave me the extra boost to be like, you know what? I can figure this out. It'll be okay crying okay well your <laughs> husband gets you know husband of the year award what a supportive guy and he's awesome too we love working out with him <laughs> but man dude you lazy bum is there anything else you want to add to you <laughs> um no i am trying to figure out how to coach more so i'm super excited that i'm gonna yeah. be helping out coach Allie um and taking a couple classes at Roswell because that is a great community over there and I'm just starting to get to know everybody pretty well so I'm super excited about that dude you are such a rock star I mean the biggest question and I told you a little bit about this before but when I was telling everyone that I was going to bring you onto the podcast I was like what do you want to know about Elizabeth and you know like, <laughs> I know not everyone knows her but everyone saw you at the competition over the weekend, the Shamrock Showdown, and they all said, well, how the freaking heck is Elizabeth, Elizabeth so strong? Just tell me that. What's her <laughs> background? How did she get this strong? Was she an athlete before? What's going on in her history? And I was like, well, let's dive into it. So. Okay. So um, just like most people, um, you know, in high school and college, I was an athlete, nothing super crazy, just wanted to keep moving graduated from college and boom, it all stopped. Um, what were you doing did, in high school though? Um, so in high school I was track and cheerleading. I know what? not necessarily my personality, but yeah, I was really big <laughs> into cheerleading. It was super fun. It was gymnastics and dancing and competitive cheerleading. I know we've got a couple of parents in the strong side community. They know what competitive cheer is like. It's mm. intoxicating. But that was my jam in high school and college. And then in the springtime, I did shot put and discus. And that was really, really fun for me. I'm sorry. I don't know what that is. 
Oh, so um, in the Summer Olympics, you know, they have all the running events. Well, they also have events that are considered not the track events, but the field events. And you take a discus. It's like a huge metal heavy Frisbee. And you try to throw it as far as possible. Or you can do shot put, which is literally a small metal ball. And you throw it as far as you can. Okay, um, I didn't know what that one was. Shot put. Yeah. I never even heard of that. Uh, interesting. Yeah, so it was really fun. Um, the track and field coach ran into me one time and said, hey, I'm looking for some people. He said, you look pretty strong. You want to give this a shot? And I was like, I just got to throw a metal ball. I was like, yeah, I'll do this. Um, ended up going to States my junior and senior year and super fun. But I graduated. I did absolutely nothing. Um, and I was in my late 20s and I was working a job that was going under the business was failing Mm. um and I was running a company um out of Atlanta and Tampa the business was failing we were going into bankruptcy and I was struggling to make sure that people were getting paid Mm. um and it was a very stressful time in my life I had just started dating my now husband Lee Tillman And I was overweight. I wasn't sleeping. I was drinking excessively to deal with the stress, Mm -hmm. not eating healthy at all. And literally, Lee had been my boyfriend for uh, maybe like a year or two. And he was really worried about my health. Um, I had been the biggest I had ever been in my life. And he literally looked at me and he was like, he had a really tough conversation in a really sympathetic way. And he said, I'm worried about your health. I really would like to take you to the gym and get you a trainer. He's like, I think we're trying to take stress and deal with it the wrong way. Um, and it was a hard conversation for me to hear. But mm-hmm. knowing Lee, it was out of a place of like support. And, you know, let me help you out of this, you know, because he couldn't fix what was happening at my job. Yeah. Um, I was going to stay till the end because I had a year left and these people needed to get paid. Really weird story about that company, which doesn't mean anything, but he offered me some support that I needed. So I got signed up at LA Fitness and -hmm. I got a personal trainer three days a week. And that was the start of me getting strong, basically. Um, You know, I was one of those people that walked into a gym and got scared and was like, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to leave. So having a personal trainer for me really helped me stay disciplined. I got the weight off, realized that drinking was not helping anything, um, and just started on a journey where I liked to go into the gym. Not going to lie, I've never really been a cardio person, Mm -hmm. but man, you know, leg press, back squat, all of that kind of stuff was my jam. And my personal trainer had been a football coach um, and a football player in college, and Mm -hmm. We trained like I was going to be in the starting line back. And that's kind Whoa. of how I started. Yeah. Um, now, was that by accident or did you tell him you wanted to be strong? Like, what was that experience? Like, did you tell him what your goals were? No, not at all. This guy came in. He showed up five minutes after I got there every single time. Um, sometimes he had to cancel on me last minute. You know, I didn't know the industry and I didn't know that I was supposed to have expectations. and he took what I felt most comfortable, which was non-cardio um, and heavy weights because he looked at my body type and he did what was easy for him and what he knew. And mm-hmm. I ran with it because I didn't know that we should have talked about goals. I didn't know I needed to do the things that were uncomfortable so that I could get comfortable with them. Um, and that's not his fault. You know, that was his job. And, you know, I liked the guy. He was really cool. Um, and he helped me get fit, you know, just in one particular area though, you know, we didn't ever work on endurance or cardio or core strength. It was always, you know, how much can you put on the leg press? You know, how many back squats can we do today and stuff like that? And we just cycled Mm -hmm. through it and it worked really well for me. I stayed with that guy for almost two years. I don't like change so much. Yeah. Um, and then I that must have been a tight relationship, though. I mean, two years of training with one person—that's tight. 
Yeah, I mean, I was comfortable. He, mm. I progressed really quickly with weights. Um, you know, he was a funny guy. Um, I didn't have to think about what I needed to do in the gym. He never yeah. asked me to step outside my comfort zone. You know, it was it was easy. And the only reason I made a change is because I moved jobs again. Um, mm. Started working at this cheesecake company, and I met Lauren, and she was like. You look like you work out. You want to go to the gym with me? That Lauren. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. Uh, Lauren Baccalucci is my best friend, and um, she met me. We have very different personalities. She's a little bit quieter. I'm a little bit louder. Um, but one of the things she said when she met me, she goes, she goes, you scare me a little bit, but I think we're going to be really good friends. <laughs> and it's been like eight years, so she was right about that. She's excellent. Yeah. So you, so but, you met Lauren. Mm-hmm. I had a new workout buddy and Lauren is incredibly smart and she's a planner. So she actually was like, these are the things I want to work on. Does that align with you? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she would plan our workouts and, you know, make sure that we were moving and going to the gym and doing all that kind of stuff. And then mm. when that became really repetitious, she found you know, strong side. We found, we found Mitchell and, you know, we, we jumped, you know, straight in. Yeah. Snap. But, but on my strength journey, um, what really, uh, worked for me is when I started doing personal training with, um, someone who did CrossFit style workouts. Um, and we worked on skills and strength and that's what really, you know, I think drove my love of technique and weightlifting um, and skill building really. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you're super strong. You've been in my classes. We've all seen you like move like in the gym and it's just amazing. I love watching you work out. That's the weirdest thing I could possibly say to you, but um, (laughs) I just love watching you. It's like, it's just like, wow. It's like watching an artist, like make a masterpiece. I'm like, wow. Um, like watching you do power cleans. But anyway, I'm going to stop talking about how I watch you. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> but what would you say are your best movements? And what are you said you're not very much a cardio person, but do you have movements where you look on the board and you're like, oh, God. Um, well, um, my favorite movement of all time has got to be a snatch. Um, it's incredibly complicated. I worked on my snatch technique for two years. I still have a ton to learn. Um, it is the best feeling in the world when you do, let's just say like 50 snatches and you hit one where your technique was almost flawless because it floats up and it is the Mm. best feeling in the world. Um, love that. Um, cardio movements. Nate, I'm going to give him a lot of credit. I work one-on-one with him. Um, He has made me not love cardio, but he has made me understand that you can build endurance. So for me, I'm not a fan of running. I I will do it. I have been pushed to do it. I know I can do it. I'm running the peach tree again this year. But when I see running, my first instinct is to say I can't. And I have to focus on reminding myself that I can. Mm. how do you do that how do you what do you start saying to yourself that you can't like yes I can do it or what (laughs) I mean basically you know you got that voice in your head you know you look at workouts or you look at something in your life you don't want to do and you just you know some people immediately go negative and I'm one of those people this is going to be hard do I really want to be here and I got to shut that voice right up yeah I want to be here if this is the hardest thing in my day I'm blessed you know I I come to strong side or I try to do these difficult things because I mean, if that's the worst part of my day, like I've got an amazing day going on. I just really have to be positive. One of my goals this year is to focus on positive talk. Um, It's not a strength of mine, but it should be. Hmm. So how do you carry that over into your coaching now? Now he's like flipped the the seat. You're on our side of the whiteboard. (laughs) Um, it actually is really fun. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Bree, but you used to coach Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, and I used to be one of your your mm-hmm. members that came in. I was not a very happy morning person, and there were plenty of mornings that you came up to me, and you'd be like, hey, Elizabeth, good morning. 
And I would just be, we're going to put it politely. I was a mean sourpuss. <laughs> um, and it's, it's really funny to be on the opposite side of that now because, you know, members come in in all ways. And I was one of those people like, you know, I wasn't a positive thinker at that time. So to be on the opposite side and to be able to take some of that from some of the members that, you know, maybe aren't having their best day or they've just got bad news or it took everything that they had just to come in the morning. Like, mm -hmm. I'm happy to take that on. Like, as coaches, that's literally our job. Because then we get the opposite. You're excited after you hit a PR. You're happy you finished a workout. Or you're just excited that, you know, this is your third class in a row. And, you know, that's a victory for you. And getting that kind of feedback and energy is flipping amazing. Um, being a coach is unbelievably rewarding. I agree. I agree with you. <laughs> and I, man, it makes me, it just makes me like smile to even just talk about it because it really is the most rewarding job in the world. And, you know, it's funny. I, I had one of my nutrition clients. Um, I've been pushing him to come into the 515. Have you met Bo? Yeah. Yeah. He's man. been coming more and more. I know. And I told him because that was the only time he was going to make it in because he works all day. And by the time it's, 5 p.m. You've already talked yourself out of coming more often than not. Like mm -hmm. I do. I come up with every excuse. I'm like, oh, my day just got away from me. Can't make it. Okay, well, you can't. You have such a little time frame to make an excuse in the morning. <laughs> so, you know, like you're just straight up not going. So he's been going. And he was like, right. I started going. It was 5.15. Man, I mean, how early does Elizabeth wake up? Because she's doing like <laughs> cartwheels. By the time I get there, I'm like, why is everybody so happy it's 5 a.m <laughs> i'm like well because you show up and we're just excited that you're there and really in reality like we've already been up for an hour we've already had plenty of coffee and we're like ready to yes. go but it, it just becomes contagious then he's like but i i always like leave feeling so good and i'm like yes yes like, that is it it and it, it really is and you know you know this because you're a coach but you know, that's one of the things, you know, that I think you and Mitchell and the whole team, you know, try to develop this culture where it's our responsibility to, you know, if you're coming in and you're not feeling great, like it's our responsibility to like, you know, bring the room up and make sure that, you know, someone's happy that you're there. And I've worked out plenty of times where I have come in and I'm like, I don't want to do this. But then I've got, you know, coach Chris, who's like, Hey, I'm excited you're here. He was like, mm -hmm. how did this in your life go? Cause he remembers what we talk about. And I think that's, you know, really important. Um, and I'm not going to lie. You're when you're coaching, like it's fun. You know, you've got all eyes on you, people watch it. And then you get the opposite reaction when everybody's working out and you get to see all the hard work, you get to see those looks of determination you know, people are digging in deep and, and trying to keep go. So, I mean, it's just, it's a really good time. It's contagious. I mean, if anybody came to the strong side, um, Shamrock showdown, I don't know, but that electricity is the same kind of feeling when you're coaching and when people are having like a really good time in class, even if the workout's hard or it's not their favorite movement, like positivity and happiness, like it's contagious. It spreads. It's the ripple effect, man. It's just, <laughs> Oh, it's the best thing ever. I could like, I feel like I'm always saying I could cry, but I really could cry. It just makes me so happy um, when other people get to feel that, whether you're a member or a coach, it's just that connection and relationship that you get to have. Where, and like with people, if you've gone to the Shamrock Showdown and if you didn't get to go, you get to go to the Spectacular in October. But when you yes. watch someone succeed, when you like are watching, so as a spectator, Right, like just watching an event and watching someone just grind it out and get the work done, and you see them working so hard. That is what we get to see as coaches every day. You know, people mm -hmm. like overcome, and even if it's not your best workout, like whatever it is that like you are showing up, putting in the work, and we see how hard you're trying. Like we can feel that, and even if it's not like your one rep max day, like you know, like maybe it's the the win is that you did show up. Like we see that, like we can feel that, and we're proud to be cheering for you no matter what. And so I just think that. I have a similar story to you to where I was a member first and then became a coach. So it's just such a unique experience to be on both sides of the room where you're like the member and you're the audience. And then, then you become the coach and almost the performer. Like 
you know, we're doing heel clicks up at the whiteboard, getting everyone excited about like this really gritty workout. It's going to be 30 minutes <laughs> long and you're going to love it. And I love you. And they're like, uh, okay. <laughs> yes. Way. I'm not going to lie. I've got like phrases that I repeatedly say, like if I say we're about to go rock and roll one more time, I think half <laughs> the people in my classes are just going to shoot me. Cause now they're like, is it time to rock and roll? And I was like, Oh gosh, I got, I got to change this. <laughs> you find your things. Like it's just, it becomes, you find your own phrases. Cause the cool thing about coaching is that I think it'd be interesting for a lot of people to hear this. Cause I know um, we have like obviously members listen to our podcast, but more mm-hmm. often than not, the coaches when when they're up coaching they're like that is the loudest biggest expression of themselves like i am not that person at home or like in my family more often than not i'm extremely introverted but up <laughs> at the board i'll do like twirling my pvc pipe i'm heel clicking and i'm like ready to go y'all and other but at home it's like shut down i need like space i have to just internalize and you know go deep within you know i don't know if you're like that but time um i'm actually a pretty um extroverted person normally um but i'm pretty muted in my job professionally um so it's really fun to have an outlet where you know i can be goofy and a little ridiculous and you know just kind of have the back and forth with people it's really nice to have that outlet one of the things i really like about coaching is that um it's, it's almost like stress free for me. Um, You know, because it's like, at the end of the day, we just want people to come in, have a positive experience, and then take that out into the world with them. Not much can go wrong in between. Now, don't get me wrong, there are some things that can, but that's pretty much given on a day to day. Um, And so for me, it's so nice just to know I'm in a positive space. And I'm just there to make people feel good and just have a really good time. It's funny, too, because I do get up really early in the morning so that I can have some quiet time and make sure that I'm fully awake when I go to the classes. I do teach the morning classes. um, And I do get that question a lot. They're like, how many cups of coffee have you had? And I'm like, guys, this is literally my first one. Um, But it's literally my happy place. You know, the gym was my happy place when I was a member. And now it's also my happy place when I'm a coach. But one of the things that I think is is really interesting going from being a member to a coach is when you're a member, um, you pay attention to the the coach, um, obviously, when they're telling you what to do. And then the workout starts. And I had to think about this when I first started coaching. I would forget where the coach was. Like, I'm trying not to die. What rep am I on? How many rounds do I have left? And it's just really funny because... Now that I'm coaching, you know, I'm trying to still interact and make sure people have, you know, know where they're supposed to be and all that stuff. But I have to remind myself that people are just trying to get through this workout and I just need to make sure the music sounds good. They know when the next round starts and as soon as time is up is to let everybody know. So it's just, it's an interesting dynamic. It's also interesting um, to watch the workouts multiple times (laughs) and then have to go do them. Oh, yes. Definitely gives you a different perspective of uh, of what you got to do for that workout. So that that's a fun thing for me. Do you think it is a um, a benefit or is it positive or negative that you get to watch those classes several times before you take it? So in the beginning, I used to think it was a negative because I would see the sticking points and I would relate that to my own um, – you know, shortcomings. But now that I'm like, okay, now I'm looking at it as a positive thing. Okay, I know these are the sticking points. So this is what I'm going to have to do to get through those. Um, And I turn it into a positive experience. Mm So it's kind of shifted for me. And it's made me push myself a little bit harder. So I'm really, um, you know, grateful to my 515, my 630 and my 745 classes. Um, cause they push themselves ridiculously hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, if you come to that first class of the day, or you come to that last class at night, both ends of the spectrum, those people are just, you know, they're bad because it yeah, is so hard. Well, I would use other language, but children listen to this brief. <laughs> I, I appreciate your substitution. I really do. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. They're, I mean, 
I cannot fathom working out at 7 p.m. Could mm-hmm. not for the life of me. Like, I look at people like go in the, like, the evening, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> like, I cannot. Yeah. But they, I mean, I know they say the same thing about us, though. Like, we were super early in the morning. I understand it. But I, uh, when I was looking at classes then, you know, watching classes, and I'm like, all right, well, I got to get this in. I, I, I did something similar where, like, at first it's negative because, like, you see the class and you see everyone dying. You're like, oh, God. Like, you're just <laughs> yeah. waiting and bracing for the hit for when you have to do it. But then when you make it a benefit, you're like, well, I know everyone dies right here. So if yes. I can just plan for that point, I'll be fine and everything will be okay. So maybe it's cheating. I don't know. but <laughs> <laughs> I will use any advantage given to me. <laughs> 100%. Um, so obviously you're super passionate about working out and, you know, and just what you do and just people in general. But what do you do outside of the gym, outside of your full-time job, outside of school? <laughs> I am a lazy bum and my husband will 100% say that is true. Uh, Any opportunity that I am not working on school or one of my two jobs, one of them being coaching, I love being a couch potato. You can find me and my dog Howard literally curled up on the couch while Lee is like, can we go do the dishes? Can you do some laundry? And I'm just like, I'm tired. And he was like, look, that's your choice. We've got stuff to do. So 100% couch potato. But no, seriously, other than that, I live in Ackworth. So I'm minutes away from Red Top Mountain. Oh. And I love taking my dog Howard out there. I got a 70-pound little pity mix. And he is a grumpy old man, just like my husband. And I take mm-hmm. them hiking as often as possible. So that is literally one of the things you'll catch me doing. So sleeping or hiking? Sleeping or hiking. Yeah, yeah, man, you sure are lazy. I can't imagine why you'd be tired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not working my two jobs, but I'm not going to school. Well, so you're majoring in biochemistry now? What's yes. going on with that? Nothing, really. It's funny because everyone's like, what are you going to do with that? And I, I don't have any plans. Ideally, um, I would like to get into medical research. And I started off my career as a um, chemist in a lab. I smelled like formaldehyde. I made preservatives Mm -hmm. for hospitals. And Mm -hmm. I thought it was really boring because I worked by myself primarily for like the first three years. But I think it would be fun eventually to, to go back into that. So biochemistry is just, it's literally the fusion of biology and chemistry, which are my two passions. And I, I just think it would be really fun to get into research. We've got a professor, um, Tiffany, she's a professor at KSU in exercise mm-hmm. science. And they're always doing great stuff with research. Um, so I, I just think that would be really interested. I've always been fascinated by science, but I just... I thought it would be fun to learn and I started it before coaching and I just needed another outlet to, you know, exercise my brain. So, so you're, you never back down from a challenge. Like literally everyone's like, Hey, do you want to do this? And you're like, yeah, sure. And you're like, my, most, okay, so my I, favorite movement is a, is a snatch, <laughs> the most complicated movement. <laughs> um, to be fair, the reason the snatch is my favorite, um, one of our members, um, Adriana, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. Brandon. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's that easy. Okay. Yeah. No, it's not <laughs> weird. It's Brandon. <laughs> okay. Her and I did a competition years ago at, um, I think it was CrossFit bound. They do Cinco de Lifto. And she had been working with a um, personal trainer um, who was proficient in Olympic lifting. And at that CrossFit competition, I did a shoulder to overhead that was, I guess, pretty heavy for the scale division. Like literally they had the head of the judges come and talk to me because they didn't believe that I did the lift, even though my judge was like, I counted the weights twice. It wasn't anything crazy. It was 160 pounds. Um, But the reason that I got that is because this person, her name was uh, Jocelyn. Uh, She had been working with Adriana. And so once she helped me get that lift, I was like, I want to work with you. And Uh her and I for two years straight, we worked on snatches. And it was so much fun. It wasn't it wasn't workouts. It wasn't stuff. It was straight up just Olympic lifting. And 
it was my jam. And then she moved to Augusta and I was mad at her. <laughs> 160 pound snatch? No, it was 160 pound shoulder to overhead. Oh, okay. Still though, lady, what's your one rep max for snatches? I'm just curious. It's, it is 135 pounds. I've had a goal oh. to hit 155 for a while and I'm still, I'm still reaching for it. Man, dude, I you you are a very strong human. I was listening to uh, Jason Kalipa's podcast the other day, and if y'all don't know who that is, um, he's a, a guy who started a company called NC Fit, also like functional fitness world things. And he was talking about at his best, um, one rep max was a three hundred pound snatch, power snatch, three hundred pounds. I was like, what? I know. What? It's <laughs> crazy. Well, did you? I don't know. I. I don't know if you've ever seen Nate snatch coach Nate, um, the Roswell, um, manager, he can snatch a crazy amount. Him and I were at a, the same competition, not, we weren't competing together and he's got like a 200 pound plus snatch. It's insane to watch. Unreal. But I see, that's why I, I, go for it. I was going to say, it's like, it's like watching an artist at work. Like it's just so beautiful. And then the, Oh, I just get so excited about it. I'm like, wow. I just stare forever, just like watching people work out. Yeah, I mean, it's super fun. And that's why I, I work out with Nate, um, because he is just amazing. Not only in his ability, the amount he can lift. He's crazy strong. But his technique is flawless, basically. Um, he's also really funny, too. Um, he dances a lot. So it's it, it makes it nice and interesting. He's a great teacher too. Oh yeah, like he can take one look at your movement, much like Carrie Fox and just like Mitchell. Like, I mean, they are really great. Just in particular, like I know they all have gone to get like their L twos, um, but just the way he's able to break down movements, like you know, I don't get to work out with Nate often, but when he ever do this, take his class, or you know, he sees me doing a movement, like he can diagnose it like right then and there, like you're not moving your feet, and it's like oh. That's all I gotta do. Like I don't know, like I can't see myself. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, you're just you're not jumping, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like I mean, he's just so knowledgeable, and yeah, he likes to dance in between, so it just makes it fun. <laughs> I know he. If he ever decided to give up coaching, he yeah. would have another career so quickly. You know, being a dancer of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> That's his his alter ego. Oh, yes. for sure, he could definitely do that. Um, but and so in. I think this is a really cool part about you too. Obviously, I find you fascinating. Is that you do still your do your one on ones with Nate? And I tell everyone this that coaches need coaches too. Probably more than most people. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Well, and the thing is, is I just I want to keep progressing, and it's really hard to find enough time to work on skill movements. We have great programming where we add those in every week where we're working on either gymnastic skills or strength skills. But if you really want to get proficient in stuff, you've got to spend time outside of the classes. Um, and so for me, you know, that's where I like to be. And so, yeah, I can use all of the help. You know, I still have a ton of things that, you know, I need to get more efficient at, um, mostly cardio. Um, but other things too. So I, I really like having that time where I can work with me personally, Nate, you know, for anybody, a coach where it's like, I either want to work on this skill or, Hey, I've got a 10 K coming up in three months. Help me work on my, you know, cardio endurance and just stuff like that for people who have small goals, you know, or people who have large goals. I just think it's really fun to, you know, really focus in on some stuff. So for me, it's my jam, but if I could spend all of my day in the gym, I probably would. So yeah. <laughs> I think that that's, it's definitely not everybody, but like when you, that's just your happy place and you can just work on all the things all the time, like a hundred percent. Well, I know like most of our members that's not their jam, you know, it's nice to be in the gym all day long. Um, but 
that one hour, which is just why it's so impactful. Like when we get to have people in class, it's like that one hour you can get so much done. But then outside of that, to what you were saying, like do, doing the extra work, if there is something that you're just dying to get, like, you know, we can't always dedicate that much time to, in class, you know, to dive super duper deep into double unders. You know, we have to like keep everything moving and we have our class and we may touch on a little bit, but having, a coach that you can work on like with one-on-one -on -one. like what do you work with Nate like once a week yeah so I work with him every Saturday and I think that's what a lot of people don't realize too they think you know I've, I've talked to a couple of people and they're like well one-on-ones you know you just sign up and then they go on and I'm like no like let's say you want to figure out how to get double unders you know let's look at where you're at and decide okay we want to get there in six weeks and then that's it it doesn't have to now, me personally with Nate, I have it ongoing because I'm always doing something. I'm either getting ready for a race or we've got, you know, the spectacular in mm -hmm. a little bit or things like that. But I mean, it can be very, it can be short term or long term. For me, I do it once a week um, and I drag my husband to it, which, you know, he doesn't complain because he doesn't talk very much, but he generally doesn't like to get up early. But that's really nice. So that's quality time that I get to spend in the gym where it's just him and I focusing and he's not competitive. I'm extremely competitive. I've been competing against him since I met him. He literally does not care. Um, but for me, it's really fun. So for me, not only do I get to work on stuff, but I get to spend time with my husband. He's my favorite workout partner. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'm necessarily his. <laughs> because he's like you get less calories and you have to do less weight he's like this is unfair but i really like working out with him so um it's it's my jam so he's so funny i i'm laughing because there was one workout i never get to be like near like around him i just happened to take a class with him you were not there i don't know where you were it was a noon class though and he was next to me on the bike and i really like the bike I'm one of those weird people that really enjoys the bike. And after the workout, he goes, Brie, I'm never being next to you on the bike again. That was downright embarrassing. And he's never <laughs> said anything like that to me before. And I just started dying because he's a quiet guy. But when he said that, I was like, okay, I need to be around you all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. He He's generally very quiet when we're out in public One, for two reasons. One, you know he really thinks about things before he says anything Two, his wife is just a loud mouth. If, if none of you figured that out, but when it's him and I at home, you wouldn't believe how much he talks. Um, he's incredibly funny. And, and John Michael, um, who we work out with pretty regularly can tell you he's got a, he's pretty good with the quips. So um, <laughs> if you are lucky enough to hear something he says, it's generally pretty uh, smart and pretty funny. So. He's an, he's an interesting guy. Yeah. Well, it's a really special thing when you can work out with your with your spouse, too, or just your partner, whoever it may be. Um, I think that's a whole other level of accountability that, it, it, especially when you when you can take class together. I mean, that's what Zach and I did in the beginning. We don't, we're on, like, opposite schedules now, so we don't get to all the time. But when you do have that time, like, it's just that built-in accountability partner. Like, you tell them <laughs> what you need, and... And they just hold you, they hold you to it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, it, it, Lee really does. And especially on cardio, because he looks at me when I'm saying I can't. And he goes, yes, you can. He goes, you shut mm -hmm. up and go. So for me, it's really nice. And then I look at him and I'm like, add more weight. Okay, add more weight. <laughs> Which is a common theme in a lot of my classes if you come to them. I'll just look at you and tell you to add more weight. Mm. Danielle Duke can, uh, can, um, she can vouch for that one. Absolutely. Love them. <laughs> um, and while and anyone who's listening, we I always tell you to do it safely. We're never being dumb about adding weight. We just know how strong you are. That's exactly it. I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people don't realize their strength. And yes, just like you said, it is technique overload every single time and twice on Sundays. I never want people <laughs> adding more until they feel confident and that's a big thing with weightlifting you have to have confidence and technique but a lot of times I think people really undercut themselves and the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to fail properly mm. and that's okay because you really should be finding out 
not in workouts, but when we have strength portions or we're doing a three rep max, the worst thing that's going to happen is that you're going to bail out or fail properly. And now you got a new goal to get to. And that's exciting. Failure is not a bad thing whatsoever. It just shows you, you know, what your next goal is, if that's important to you. For me, for a long time, strength was the goal. Adding more weight was the goal. It's not my goal anymore. I I, I work out with Kaya Burton. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of her. She's kind of insane in a really good way. One of the reasons I work out with her is I I want to have cardio output like her. Mm-hmm. She wants to have strength like me. We push each other, and it makes her a really, really fun you know, workout scenario. So, you know, but going to failure is, is something that, you know, when you're weightlifting, um, you know, it shows you where you're at and it shows you where you can go. And it's, it's a really good thing. It's a positive thing in weightlifting, in my opinion. I am obsessed with what you just said of failing properly. And can you touch on more of that on like just what that means for you and what that would actually look like? I know you kind of gave an example, but Go into that a little bit more. Yeah. So when I mean failing properly is let's say we're working on our back squats. Okay. We're looking at three rep max. We've been working up in sets and working up in sets and they're starting to get really rough. So by the time I'm in that third back squat, going to stand up is getting really challenging. Not only am I making sure that my mind is focused, but I'm focusing on my technique. I'm driving my feet in. I'm bracing my core. I'm breathing properly making sure that my technique is good. Well, when I go up and wait, I know there's a possibility for failure. And I have that in my mind, but I focus on my technique. So if I have to bail out of there, I bailed out, but I had a neutral spine. I was pressing my feet into the ground. I was bracing my core and I was breathing properly. What we don't want to have happen is we're all ramped up trying to, you know, put 10 more pounds on the bar and we let go of our technique. And then instead of bailing out properly, now we've tweaked something in our back or we couldn't properly throw the weight off of our back if we're back squatting and we go to hurt yourself. So you need to understand when you're getting towards your max and how do we push a little bit farther, but maintaining all of the good techniques. And that's, in my opinion, that's what I think of a failing properly. I'm maintaining all the proper points of performance. And if I get stuck, So let's say I'm in that third back squat and I'm halfway up and I'm pushing, but I know that I can't get up farther instead of, you know, trying to strain or move that spine out of the neutral position, which is one of my points of performance as I'm pushing up. And if it's not going any farther that I'm properly rolling the barbell off the off of my back so that I can bail out properly. It's just about not sacrificing technique for weight. Um, I don't know if I explained that right, but that's in my head. That's what I would be doing. No, I, I think, no, you explained it really well. And I think just that concept alone is a really important one to learn because you will not make every lift and that is okay. And I think a lot of people need to hear that sometimes. And that's why they're afraid to add, you know, maybe like just the two and a half plates or the five pound plates, just a little bit more. Um, cause if you don't make it worst case scenario, you know, you can, it can bail and that's okay. But learning how to do that properly um, to where you're still in control is really important. And I see that even past, you know, I, I use, I mean, the gym is just a perfect metaphor for everything in life. And I think that mm-hmm. goes for so many things. And, you know, you're a person that goes to challenges and I can only imagine with someone who keeps challenging yourself over and over again, uh, like myself, like there are points of failure all the time, but like, it's a matter of understanding and being okay. Like this may not work out. And if it doesn't, this is what will like, this is my plan B, you know, like having the understanding and, and addressing the conflict of failure will happen. And when, and if it does, this is what will happen. This is what I'll do. Well, yeah. And with weightlifting in life, you know, failure points are there to teach you things. I mean, we're always told that you learn through mistakes mistakes are just another word for failure. So if I failed at my weightlifting, is it because I need more accessory work? Do I need to do muscle isolation? If I failed in, let's say, our professional life, we didn't hit a deadline or a goal. What was my sticking point? Did I need better time management? Did I need outside resources that I didn't ask for help for? You learn where your sticking points are. 
and you work those just like you would work accessory work in the gym. You know, you look at what you need in your professional life and you get better at those. So the next time you're given the same opportunity, that sticking point doesn't exist. You can either finish your lift or you meet your deadline and then you progress forward. It's all about learning, um, you know, where we're stuck. Really good example. We had st- uh, Tempo Strict Press this morning and we were trying to work on on body placement, making sure we're not going too heavy in weight so that our back starts to arch. We're using the wrong muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a lot of people today, um, you know, really working. Renee, um, I was working with her this morning in my 630 class and she was like, I want to add more weight, but I can't, I can't get it above my head. I said, okay, let's find, let's see where that sticking point is. And let's see what it feels like. And we worked on that for a couple of sets and we kind of figured out where it was. We went down a little bit in weight so that she was keeping those key points of performance. And now we know we've got to get stronger at that way to be able to progress up. You got to learn where your sticking points are. Absolutely. You're such a good coach. (laughs) Hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but everybody seems happy and I will figure it out along the way. (laughs) You know what you're doing. Um, Wow. I love that, Elizabeth. And I really, really appreciate you just chat with me today. I know you're a very busy lady. You got a lot of things going on. (laughs) Um, But y'all, if you're still listening, um, Come by and take Elizabeth's class if you're ever in the Woodstock area or the Roswell area now. Because what what classes are you coaching at Roswell now? Uh, so every other Friday, I'm doing the afternoon classes. So I'm doing the 4.15 and the 5.30. Um, so that's really fun. Like I said, I did a lot of my interning shift over at the Roswell. So they've got a really good group of people. Um, it's really nice over there. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do the three morning classes in Woodstock. And hopefully with uh, my semester coming up to an end in a few weeks, um, I'll be able to cover some for some more coaches. Really want to try to go out to the Canton and the Johns Creek location. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely some OGs and some baddies out there that I would love to work out with. <laughs> um, and shout out to Destiny and Allie from Johns Creek who took first place. Um, you guys were incredible to work out with. And I would love to go over to Johns Creek and hang out with y'all and Coach Eric. So, um just kudos to you guys, man. Pushing the bar. Love it. You're just going to be on tour across Strong Side Nation. <laughs> so, y'all, if you run into Elizabeth, say hey. Let her know that you've listened to the podcast. And as always, we really appreciate you guys listening. And, Elizabeth, I really, really appreciate you and just your brain. Um, I think you're quite amazing. And, um, y'all, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, if you wouldn't mind giving us five stars on whatever platform you're listening uh, to us to on Spotify, or Apple Music. We really appreciate it. Um, And other than that, we're signing off. Bye, Elizabeth. Bye. (laughs) Bye, y'all.